This is Taki Musa, your host to the Beginner's Mindset Living Room Podcast. And uh, today I have a guest and I would like to uh, welcome my guest to, um, to introduce himself. So if you can just take this opportunity to introduce yourself please to, to me and to the audience. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm Ethel, Ethel Ruth Tawe. I am a Cameroonian multidisciplinary artist based between um, Accra, Ghana, and the Netherlands. I'm currently in Tanzania, so sorry if you hear a bit of noise in the background. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm here. This is where I spent some of my childhood. Yeah. Um, and that's actually how we connected, I believe, our families. Yeah. And now, again, in the Hague, of course. Um, so just a bit about my background, I guess. Yeah. Should I go ahead? Yes, please. Uh, if you can just go ahead uh, from once upon a time to, to today, if you can just walk us through that path, where you're born, okay. when you're born, uh, what have you been doing, the schools you went to or the places you went to, because I, I understand that you, you are uh, a globetrotter. Yeah, so <laughs> um, very much, uh, well, I grew up, I was born in Cameroon. Right. In Aounde. Yeah. In 94, which makes me 26 now. Um, okay. I lived there for about eight years. Right. And, sorry? Yeah, yeah, carry on, please. Yeah, so I lived there for about eight years until we moved to Tanzania in... 2005, I believe, 2004. Okay. Um, and there I was in Arusha, which is here now where I am. Okay. Um, spent about three years here at Braeburn. Um, very much where my artistic interest began, actually. So obviously, Tanzania is such a beautiful country, very inspiring, a lot of art around. Um, I had always had an interest in Cameroon when I was younger, but I think being here and seeing so much of it around me right. made interesting and also accessible through like the curriculum of my school here, which was something they offered, which is not um, common because it was a British curriculum. Okay. Um, yeah, so I was kind of introduced to art here. Um, I remember I had an art teacher who really was influential in many ways and really I saw myself in her in, in many ways. Mm. Um, so yeah, I just started to explore that and I always saw that maybe in the future I'd be an artist somehow, but defining that was so complicated because you don't see a lot of representation or you don't see it as a valid avenue or real, um, real career here, right? It's not encouraged <laughs> <laughs> like the others. So yeah, so that, be that began like an interest. Mm. Um, and until I went to Kenya, which is this next door, um, for about a year, continued to explore um, and was really encouraged in Kenya actually to really continue to develop my craft. Um, and, at the and time, in it was mostly In Kenya, was it a continuation of your education? Uh, was part of yes. the schooling, yeah? Yes, for, yeah, I was in boarding school actually. So this is the first time I went to boarding school in Kenya. Oh, right. <laughs> Uh, how, how was it like uh, to be uh, it, in a boarding school for the first time uh, during that time? It was 
great. I really enjoyed it. I remember for the longest time, those were some of my fondest memories actually in, in Kenya. And like, yeah, I guess having freedom for the first time to a certain degree. <laughs> um, but also it was quite strict at the same time because it was still boarding school, you know. There's lots of, like your day is kind of planned for you. You wake up at a certain time. There's prep, right. there's everything structured. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a good experience. I was 12 when I went, and then I went to the U.S. when I was about to turn 14. Mm. Um, yeah, and then the U.S. was a big culture shock. In what ways? Um, just the kind of questions I received coming from Africa, I guess, you know, the typical, how did you get here? Did you swim? Or like <laughs> crazy <laughs> questions. <laughs> Because Americans don't, don't really have a lot of context of the continent here. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it was it was a bit hard for me to integrate into that society and really connect with the people for a little while. And, and where, about, think, where about in the U.S. Uh, was it? In Pennsylvania, the East Coast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a boarding school too, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was an experience. Yes, mm. I graduated high school there. Mm. Um, and in 2012, I moved to the UK okay. um, for uni. So for my first degree, I was in London. And I actually started off with international relations as my major. And then I quickly switched to human rights because, I mean, it's still within international relations, but I found myself way more interested in human rights than in any of the other politics, which again, full circle comes back to a lot of topics I explore in my art today. Okay. Yeah, so I focused in on human rights. I, I finished my first degree on international human rights mm -hmm. and with a minor in art history and criticism. Okay. Which was an interesting combination. There was no overlap <laughs> yeah, at all. Um, yeah, and then I went on to do my, oh wait, no, I took a gap year yeah. after my first degree, and that's when I did a lot of internships. Um, I interned in The Hague, actually, I interned in Ethiopia, and before I finished my first degree, I had interned in Tanzania at the African court here in Arusha. Okay. Kind of feel where I wanted to kind of go with human rights. Um, but yeah, and then that informed uh, my decision. Where, where did you intern? Uh, in, in other places, in The Hague, you say you interned? Uh... So in The Hague, I, I interned at Africa Legal Aid. And then in Ethiopia, I interned at the African Union headquarters. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I was trying to figure out where I fit in that whole system. Yeah. And for the longest time, I actually thought more on the legal side of things, hence the work I was doing. Yeah. Which was very interesting. I enjoyed, but it didn't allow me to be creative. Okay. So it always felt like a tension internally. So do you do you feel like uh, you are uh, your opportunity to to do internship uh, helped you in any way to uh, to to maybe to find out more about what is it that you want to do and to make a decision? Yes, very much. Actually, it helped me find out what I didn't want to do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think very quickly I realized 
what I was interning in was not what I wanted to do okay. um, long term, even though I'm so grateful for the, you know, the experience and the skill sets that came from that. I think I had or I've come to kind of grow to understand quote unquote development work in a very different from a different different perspective. Yeah. More creative perspective, more looking at creative industries, what I call like capital D development versus just development. Okay. Um so I think I realize it doesn't have to go through these institutions that, you know, always position themselves as the authority. I think right. a lot of development work is happening outside of that. So I'm more interested in that in many ways. And I'm more interested in the meeting point of those two different, I guess, avenues. Okay. So, yeah. Right. Okay, good. Wow, that's, uh, that's quite interesting uh, to hear. So in terms of art that uh, what uh, what kind of art that you do or you you have been doing and uh, what does it mean for you to be an artist um so i actually struggled with the title of an artist for the longest time um, yeah. it kind of felt like imposter syndrome where you know <laughs> it was like who gives me the right to say i'm an artist mm. you know but because I didn't have the qualifications, my background is in something completely different. Mm. Um, so it was like an internal battle where I was like, am I an artist? Am I a fake artist? I don't yeah. know, you know, when can I, how many shows does it take to be an artist, you know? Yeah. But I realized I had to abandon all of that. Like it doesn't actually make sense because you don't, you don't choose to be an artist. You are an artist mm. in many ways. I mean, you can choose to be. Um, but for me, I felt like I was always an artist. So um, I guess kind of claiming that, I started to realize how I can prioritize it in different things I do um, and how I can really develop my practice. Okay. And, yeah, and define it based on the things that I'm already doing because I think every artist really is saying something. You know, it's not really about... The medium is important, but it's also... Figuring it out, figuring out what it is they want to say mm -hmm. is, is very important as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think my experiences right now, again, like in terms of what my art is about, is very much based on what I explored in my studies human rights, development, women, um, identity is really central to everything I do. Okay. Thinking about. So everything, time. Every, everything is coming together, actually, with uh, uh, your, your past experience, your past academic experience as well. Yeah, yeah, Nothing slowly. Nothing has gone to west. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thankfully. Since you mentioned that you are, you are based in, uh, well, you are, you are based in Accra, uh, but you're also moving around uh, between different locations, uh, including The Hague, including uh, Tanzania, and um, 
maybe if you can share with us uh, uh, your experience uh, working in the, in the creative industries in Africa, especially from you uh, being, uh, being born in Africa, but then uh, left the continent for, for a long time. So you, you look at it, uh, maybe we are going, uh, I, would, I would be interested to know as uh, your perspective as uh, African in diaspora. So if you can just share with us on that. I think my decision to move back to the African continent was like, was a combination of me feeling very much called to be here. Yeah. With what I do. Know, like if I'm going to speak about Africa I guess I feel like I need to have more experience here right because I left when I was early when I was really young yeah um, I just really wanted to connect and have my own I guess adult understanding of how things are here right. and not just like perspective you know like a real lived experience mm. um, which also, again, informs my artwork because there's nothing more valuable than that. I mean, for me to, to experience what it is that I'm addressing. Right. Um, so yeah, that, that was the first kind of push. And mm. then also just practically, it's, I always talk about how, I know we've talked a bit about the passport story I wrote yeah. um, and my issues with <laughs> the whole system. Um, it just goes against a lot of what I stand for, the way these, all the barriers that are set against us yeah. in the West and mm. how we have to prove ourselves so much. And, you know, it's like, they don't want us to be there almost. I, I that's how I feel at least. Yeah. And so unless you really are, you know, well, I mean, a lot of us are there and we get, and we get to get our papers right and move forward with our, with our work. But there's a lot of people there who, have to really force their way through and I don't know yeah for me yeah. I did, didn't sit well with me yeah. um and so I said let me explore somewhere that I want to I want to explore already and somewhere that is willing to have me even though saying that it is still a struggle to travel within Africa even as an African yeah which is like <laughs> uh, how is that uh, how uh, in what ways is it a struggle to to travel within because it might be very obvious to you but it's not so obvious to others uh, and people might be having questions on that yeah no i mean starting even just with like you know i mean i know i have a cameroonian passport so it's not the best <laughs> but <laughs> um just visa fees everywhere you know like i'm going to ghana somewhere that's just a few countries down it's 150 dollars you know for a visa on arrival um flights are crazy expensive because the countries haven't come to good agreements between each other right um, even though that's changing now you know with the african union kind of um putting in place certain measures that are facilitating that movement but with covid now it's complicated things again so yeah. you know borders are closed around the continent um covid fees um, test fees yeah it just makes it so hard to move around um even within the continent yeah yeah so that's something that i really i really struggle with especially as a cameroonian because i've i've always felt that borders are so arbitrary yeah and they don't make any 
I mean, they are factually, they, they were just carved up. <laughs> um, but now we have to live within these borders and these identities. And in some countries, it works better than others. You know, in Cameroon, it clearly doesn't work with yeah. what's happening there right now. Um, um, not that it cannot work, but it's not, that's not been the case. Right. Um, and yeah, so just the idea of borders, the idea of movement and mm. restrictions have been interesting to me, even in my current work, artwork that I'm trying to move into and explore, yeah. thinking about like mapping um, our ways around the continent. So. So, so what does that mean for you in terms of uh, planning out your work? Because with all these restrictions, even within the continent, uh, I think you, you really need to plan out your, your work uh, uh, quite well in advance, uh, thinking about all, how to overcome all these obstacles. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think I'm naturally such a planner, but yeah. I've actually had to, to, to calm that down a bit yeah. because <laughs> here I've figured out that I will lose my mind if I plan too much because it would never go that way. Okay. <laughs> And, and I think what you're saying is something very important, uh, and I think especially for the audience to be aware of that uh, uh, planning is a good thing, but uh, uh, I think it's also very important to be aware of the environment in which you're operating in and to be flexible enough uh, if you want to maintain your sanity and to be able to achieve what you want to achieve. So I think these are some of the things that I would, I would like for you to share as you experience working in the in the continent, working in the creative industries, what are the challenges, but what are the also the opportunities and uh, what satisfies you uh, through the work that you do uh, as a contribution to the continent. So if you can maybe further elaborate in those areas. Um, so I spent a lot of time in Ghana since yeah. I moved back in so I don't think I kind of wrapped that up, but basically I, after my master's, I did my master's in international development at SOAS. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with SOAS, quite a progressive space in terms of like really pushing the way we see things. And I think it kind of, to be honest, jaded me a little bit about the system, mm. um, the development and kind of international development space. So decided so again, reframe what that means for me. Okay. And going to Ghana, I discovered that the creative industries there were thriving mm. um, in many ways. Still very young, but so much to do. And I started working with a creative agency there. Um, and so I got the chance to really work with many different clients. Okay. Because as an agency, I really actually would recommend that for someone who's curious. Um, just kind of see... <clears throat> the creative space mm. um, if they're interested in digital media for example um, yeah just working in a place that you can see what you again you like and what you don't like right, right. Um, so I worked with some beauty brands I worked with um, restaurants I worked mm. with um, like art councils and galleries and just more on a production end of things so media production content mm. content curation okay um yeah and just digital strategy as well okay and 
learned a bit of a lot of design mm. which was always something of interest but that allowed me to kind of play around with that and even work with designers and photographers to implement my vision of like campaigns <clears throat> so i worked primarily on campaigns okay um that was a good introduction from i guess a very different world into more of the creative industries and in the digital space especially and some right. physical i did events as well um and i guess the main challenge there or i guess here in africa generally is well one of the well funding yeah for the yeah. arts is okay. challenging but i think also on like a more social level is an understanding of this industry because i think a lot of people don't really understand mm. you know what it is or don't either value it but in spaces like ghana for example you can see that there is an increased value and people understand the the importance of branding the importance of you know marketing in a way that is current yeah um and how that can kind of quote unquote rebrand africa okay. um in a more positive light and tell tell real stories um because we're all tired of those single narratives of africa being you know just a certain way um right. and that's the current that that will shape that in the future so yeah that's that's how i saw the i guess that's what drove me okay with my work and then from there i moved to lagos okay which was the most challenging experience In of my <laughs> <laughs> it was intense it was very intense i guess the first most challenging experience because it's been challenging since but it was lagos has a big character yeah yeah that's just the reality so being with the people with the traffic with the noise with the pace it was quite a lot for me Mm. um and i would say it's definitely not for everyone right at least not long term okay but so valuable so valuable experiences there okay um, yeah it's, it's very advanced i think in the in terms of that they have an established scene creative industry there they have you know big galleries they have you know where i was working for example is an international art fair with people from all over the world came into lagos for this fair um mm. you know you got to meet oh, i got to meet lots of artists that i look up to and who i love their work so it was both like an educational experience even though i wasn't working as an artist there i was working um as a content editor oh okay so there i was building their campaign strategy but it was for an arts fair so it felt very much aligned with something that i would do anyway an artist that i would research and and learn from anyway um so that really shaped my decision again to dive deeper into the arts mm. Yeah, and, and developed my own practice as well. And so that was about a year ago, actually. Yeah. Okay. Just over a year ago. Yeah. And so, yeah, and since then, it's been a combination of building myself as an artist. So mm. um, your question about what kind of art I make. So I, I started off with painting, like I said, and mm. now I explore primarily digital collage. Mm. Um, also moving more into analog and hand cut collage but i also really enjoy pigment painting with materials that are not paint so coffee and tea or oh. like earth pigment yes i really wow. love those 
Wow, I'd love to see some of that. Yeah, I can share some. I have some yeah. online. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so that's where we're at now. Just I, I do that part-time, and then I do part-time. I work with different brands, consulting, again, on their campaigns, branding, strategy, editing. I do a lot of writing now for different publications, okay. um, including... Yeah, including one that I also run called Africa 2.0 magazine. I've heard of it. And yeah, yeah. Alicia mentioned but, that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. I work very much with him on that. I have a lot of different projects as well. Yeah. It's been great working with him. Wonderful. talk about your experience of working in the uh, creative um, industries in Africa and I think I'll be interested to know if you can share some advice but then this should be derived from your experience in terms of the opportunities that um, young Africans in diaspora uh, can create for themselves uh, to work in Africa uh, in general, but more specifically, maybe in the in the creative uh, industry. There's a very entrepreneurial spirit in Africa. Um, I think generally, and also especially right now. Yeah. A lot of rapid development in many different ways. Some good, some bad. Yeah. Uh, I think the creative industry has become one that's of interest now, and people see it as an avenue, but again it's still like there's still some who are catching up to that which makes it difficult structurally to arrange systems for creatives to thrive and to improve generally i think economies and just overall representation of africa okay um either on the continent for ourselves first primarily and then for for the rest of the world i think but I think regardless of that, people are still creating, people are yeah. still, you know, creating their own structures, unfortunately, because our government have failed us in many ways. So <laughs> there's lots of opportunity to, to just, you know, start your own business. Again, and I don't think starting your own business is the way for everyone per se, right? Because there's also that trend of like, oh, I'll start a business. Yeah. Um, if you can, but it is also fertile ground to do so because there's so much opportunity and there's so much to tap into, especially in the creative industries, I think. Yeah. But, but it's also something I fear because there's also room for exploitation, right? Because there's no, there's no accountability. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but in terms of my experience and like opportunities, I think I've been really blessed mm. to have them just kind of follow each other and kind of something that I really believe in even with my art practice is that within every project is the opening for the next project okay you have to pay attention to it and find what which one 
really aligned so that you know that you're going on that same path and obviously you'll deviate i did i do yeah. <laughs> we all do yeah but as long as you continue to know what the core um purpose of what you're doing is i think yeah. you you always find something if you choose to go projects right project like freelance essentially yeah um which is the route that i'm familiar with um then yeah it, somehow my products have all linked to each other okay so far. um so yeah i would just say there is a lot of opportunity mm. a lot a lot a lot i think it's just aligning yourself and getting out of your comfort zone sometimes i'm often out of my comfort zone these days yeah that's where the growth is coming from yeah <laughs> yeah it's hard though it's very hard um because i i'm naturally quite introverted yeah so especially yeah very much <laughs> yeah but yeah i've had to i've had to push myself a bit so it's yeah interesting but but i guess uh good things uh well uh, good or important things they never come easy so um i don't think there's a shortcut to that yeah exactly yeah exactly. yeah and i think in certain places like let's say lagos for example yeah where you really have to be <laughs> the only language a lot of people speak in lagos is loud yeah <laughs> <laughs> I know that that's an experience that shaped me in that way, hmm. to be able to assert myself in spaces. And then I think something I would also really note is being a woman in this in the industry, and I think in every industry, yeah, there's like an added layer of challenge. Yeah, just because of so much that you have to fend for yourself. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but, uh, but for you as uh, as an individual, so uh, you know, with all the challenges that you have been facing in order to be able to establish yourself as an artist, but as a, as an African, for example, uh, do you feel any um, any any particular? Uh, maybe feeling of satisfaction for for doing something uh for the for the continent or for for your country um is there any 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 something along those lines that uh, maybe you can talk about because the reason yeah. why i'm asking that question is uh, uh i hear a lot of uh a lot of times and this is across the board in all age groups where we talk about a lot of issues or a lot of things that are not working well in Africa. Uh, and uh, it's we talk as if we are just bystanders, that we are not involved, we are no part of it. And uh, there's always something that you can do. It can be very small, it can be very big. Uh, and, and I think my question is directed towards that, is just to maybe to share what is it that people can derive from your experience 
so that they see that it's actually possible to make a difference, even if it's small, and mm -hmm. to contribute, yeah. Yeah, I think that links a bit to what I said about purpose earlier. Yeah. And knowing it's for a bigger purpose, a lot of, you know, the struggles, because there is there are easier routes sometimes. I, I think back to myself even, you know, if especially you're someone from the diaspora coming back, yeah. you know, in many ways, in many ways, it's easier there, but it's also also in many ways easier in Africa. Mm. Um, and I'm, I would say, like, I should say West Africa because that's the only place really I have experienced. I know the rest of Africa is completely different. Right. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think it's, it's purpose. And it's also on your point of, you know, really remembering that we are we talk about we critique these spaces but we are part of it mm -hmm. and especially this tendency from the diaspora to come in you know almost you know thinking we have the solutions yeah <laughs> um but that's not how it, it should be i don't think again going back to like development and what i believe in in terms of development it has to come from within no external we will never understand like I will never understand Ghana like a Ghanaian person, yeah. you know. So just kind of facilitating and making room and not taking up space unnecessarily, right? Um, and just being mindful of how what you don't know, mm -hmm. you know, even if you know you might be an expert or you might have degrees. <laughs> <laughs> It's perfectly okay not to know, yeah? <laughs> exactly. You still yeah. don't know so much of what's going on on the ground, mm. um, which I think is such a, the, one of the underlying problems in Africa in general, right? Like our, our leaders are so disconnected a lot of times right. from the people. Yeah. So they're making decisions based on... Assumptions <laughs> or whatever is it that they think is a solution, yeah, without understanding the problem, exactly. yeah, exactly. Or to tick boxes for certain, you know, foreign <laughs> grants <laughs> or also, so yeah, no, yeah. I, I think I'm not sure if that answers the question actually. No, no, it but, does, it does. I think, uh, uh what you have said is uh, is uh, quite um, uh, it's quite relevant because. I think it's just looking at uh, what is it, uh, and and I like what you have said that, in in some ways it can be you can maybe find uh, easier routes uh, in life for you, but you have chosen what you have chosen because of what you believe in, and part of it is also your contribution to the, uh, to the humanity in general, but also to the continent, and I think this is where maybe that line of thinking can help others to see what is it that they can do so i yeah i i really like that uh, line of thinking yeah I, I would just maybe just want to go back to something that you we had talked about before which was uh your decision to go to ghana because that was a starting point from uh when you moved from from europe you went to ghana and and i'm just curious as to how did you decide on Ghana and not any other country? It was actually between Ghana, Nigeria, and Senegal. Okay. 
particularly Accra, Dakar, or Lagos, mm. because those are, at least externally, I could see that those were the creative hubs in West Africa. Okay. Uh, I mean, I considered Kenya, I think I considered Nairobi as well, but I was more interested in West Africa. Okay. Yeah. So oh. I went, yeah, I went to visit my godmother mm. right after I finished my master's. She lives in Accra. Um, yeah. So that's okay. how I got to Accra. All right. <laughs> oh, but you had been to Accra before? No, never. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you are you are understanding of uh, the um, uh, maybe the 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 vibrancy of these uh, these three cities was to do with the with the, the work that you have done before and maybe the research that you have done before to know that uh, it was uh, Senegal, Ghana, and uh, Nigeria, right? Yeah, or generally just the internet, really. Okay. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think just the internet is it was very much because I'm a self-taught I'm a self-taught artist. Okay. Um, it's very much just me randomly looking through, you know, and making decisions of what I see online because I'm yeah. the only, you know, and then a few people I spoke to mm. um, who were based in. Um, Europe and, and West Africa, but not many really, because I mean, I was in such a different field. I wasn't really around a lot of artists. Right. Um, or I left. So yeah, it was really just, yeah, the internet, a couple of Ghanaian friends actually. Okay. In Holland, yeah, a few who had spoken about it. So yeah, I thought it looked really interesting what was going on there and same in Lagos. But while I came, when I came to Ghana, yeah, I think a few into my stay, I went to Lagos for the art fair, which I ended up working at the next year, actually. Okay. So I went to visit that, spent mm. a week in Lagos, and I realized, I mean, I could live there, but it would be short term. <laughs> not... <laughs> no, I you, you have been Lagos. underlying that. <laughs> you have been underlining it and bolding. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think, I mean, I, I actually really miss it right now, mm. but it's, I think the pace is fast, it's too fast for me. I like Ghana where it's a bit like Lagos, but it's a little less fast paced. But sometimes Ghana also can be quite a drag. So everywhere oh. has their own their own um, things just like everywhere in the world I guess so okay one of the one of the um projects or uh, things that you do, you mentioned about the Africa 2.0 magazine. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about it uh, just maybe briefly just to tell us more about it and what it is and how you get involved in that? Okay. Um, Africa 2.0, A2O magazine. Um, 
is a platform basically to celebrate African creatives from the yeah. continent and the diaspora and through storytelling events, campaigns. So we're a collective, a small group of about five of us now. Okay. And so I lead the team of editors and we basically work on arts, film, music, style. Okay. And then a few other things. So those are the main genres we work towards, work within. And we focus on artists who are kind of telling a different story yeah. about Africa, you know, breaking away from stereotypes, young creatives primarily. Mm. Also the way we tell the stories as well aim to be, we, we, we try to take a timeless approach is something that we like to kind of emphasize. So it's not news, it's stories. Like, so anytime you come onto the platform, it's something you can learn from. Okay. Um, yeah. So we don't publish news really. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's been an interesting journey. I think it's been about a year and a half now of just establishing a structure, mm. establishing the team, and then really finding our voice because the editorial space, there's such a gap in the market, I think, oh. but it's also such a difficult space to monetize actually. Mm. Okay. Unless you're selling ads and things, which is a route that we didn't choose to do. We chose to go with events, mm. but um, obviously COVID complicated that. Yeah, yeah. So Unfortunately. Now we're looking into virtual events, you know, we just did an ex we still have an exhibition on right now actually it's finishing tomorrow in lagos yeah the one in lagos yeah. okay yeah exactly all right okay okay good um and uh so who's your audience uh, for that and how how do you reach your audience for the for the magazine so our audience are primarily young people like ourselves mm. i'm actually probably very out of age bracket soon. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe maybe slightly younger than me but i would say yeah roughly about um let's say maybe 18 to 35 okay yeah yeah 30 35 and we reach our audience primarily through social media in-person activations or events, you know, especially in Ghana, where okay. I am mm. at the time. Um, yeah, and I think we have a lot of music, people who love music um, on there, and we're trying to expand more on like the arts as well, <clears throat> visual okay. arts, I mean. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So okay, that's great. Since you're on this journey, uh, of life, the journey called life, you are faced with uh, their good days, their bad days, uh, challenges, you overcome them. You feel good whenever you overcome those challenges. So I just want to maybe know from you in terms of uh, success uh, as, a, as, a, as a concept, how do you uh, how do you define success, uh, personal success for you? Um, yeah, so if you can just uh, share with us on that. 
I actually recently defined this for myself like a few months ago. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and I really think for me it became autonomy. Mm. Um, just autonomy over my, my life. Mm. I think being able to create freely is something that I really value. Like I want to be able to, to see my vision executed and yeah. see the process. I, I'm becoming very interested in the process and that autonomy allows me to really enjoy every step of that process. Okay. I mean, it comes with smooth sailing, but I think if I have autonomy, I, I really value that as a successful stage in life where I can kind of do that. Yeah. If that makes sense. Okay. Um, at least career wise, that's def definitely. Yeah. That's, that's good. Okay, that's. Uh, how, how did you define success? I'm actually curious for you. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, my, um, yeah. They, I think there are many layers to success, um, but in general, um, I think uh, for me, the way I look at success in my life is uh, one is to remind myself of my purpose uh, of existing in this world. And to a large extent, um, so as I exist, I, I believe that I have a responsibility of uh, coexisting with, uh, with, uh, with the rest of the, uh, with the, with the rest of people, other creatures, whatever else that has been created in this world. And um, I think I feel more successful whenever I provide my small contribution in uh, uh, making the my my not only my life but the life of others also more meaningful. Uh, so every little thing that I do uh, to assist others, to look after the environment, to uh, take care of the needy, uh, including take care of myself, uh, those uh, I feel a little bit of success every every time I do that. So. It's, it's, a, it's a, then it becomes a journey for me. It's a, a work in progress here. Yeah. Some days, uh, maybe I feel more successful than others, but overall my goal is just to, to serve others uh, within my, my existence, yeah. Wow, yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, all right. I don't know if uh, there's anything else that you would like to talk about, uh, but uh, maybe before I ask you that, if you have uh, anything that you would like to ask me as the host to the podcast, or if you have uh, anything that you would like to share to the audience, uh, it could be a word of advice or just something that has touched you and you Think that many other people can can benefit from from knowing about it uh, so if you wish to share something like that 
Um, I guess a question for you would be, what do you, what do you aim to, I guess, gain, or what have you gained so far um, from these series of podcasts and how has the journey of the podcast brought, I guess, insight for you? Yeah, I'm just curious how it's been for you, the journey of, you know, starting the Beginner's Mindset podcast. Okay. Yeah, it's, it has been, uh, so I think it was, um, the journey started off uh, during the first round of uh, COVID-19 when we had this uh, total lockdown. And um, um, because it was the first time for a very long time when the whole family was together. So I, I had an opportunity to have, uh, you know, one-to-one -one conversation uh, with all the kids. And it was quite interesting just to learn when you think that you know enough about uh, maybe your kids, you find that you don't know enough. So I was learning every day. And uh, the fact that we are also together, I, I had more opportunities to be challenged by them uh, through questions, through you know, sharing, and they, they, they present their point of views. And um, then I just sat down and I say, well, this is quite um, a good experience for me because I learned a lot more about my kids. And through that, I think when they challenge me, I also uh, become more aware of my limitations and the things that I need to improve on. And um, then I said to myself that maybe it is something that uh, I can uh, because I enjoy doing it, that maybe I can share also with other young people. And uh, by doing that, I will also give a platform for those uh, young people to give their stories. Uh, and these stories will be how they want to, so basically it will be the, the, their life that they see it and a particular part of their life. And uh, through that, I think uh, when others uh, either young people or adults, they listen to that. I think they can also maybe be challenged in the same way that I, I have been and try to engage more thinking and uh, uh, get maybe influenced in some ways, be influenced in some ways to change their views uh, for the better. So I, for me, it's been a quite, um, a joyful and interesting journey and I continue to enjoy doing it uh, just talking to the young people like as I'm talking to you now um, but at the same time I also believe that uh, you know sharing your story is a very courageous thing and uh, it's another act of um, it's a charitable act at the same time that you are giving you're giving something to others uh, so this is how uh, it, it, I think it ties in with my philosophy about life, about what is my purpose in life, that whatever I have is not just for me to keep, it's for me to share. Uh, so I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, it does. It really does. I think I'm really intrigued by the idea of it also as like, a sort of digital archive, mm. you know, and it's an audio because like I mentioned earlier, I, I love archives 
and I love history making yeah. because having this right now is something that will last forever and right. like so our future generations can listen to this you know and the idea of absolutely having this archive yeah of all these stories and like your story introduced yeah. throughout the thread of how of, of the dialogue to different people i think it's beautiful yeah and and now that you're saying that uh, you know like from time to time when uh, maybe i have a quiet time i i go back and listen to some of the other conversations that I've had, uh, maybe I'll remember something and then I'll go and listen to it. So I, I think you're quite right on that, yeah. So it's a, it's a personal uh, benefit that I have, but uh, again, it's also for the, for the audience and also for other guests that have come to the show, because I normally share the, uh, the, the link to the, to where the, the podcast um, episodes are to all my previous guests. So if you have it, then you can go back and watch or listen any other time that you wish. Uh, yeah, so that's that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, that uh, brings us to the end of our conversation. Um, but before maybe I let you go, uh, there's one thing that I'm also trying to, I'm going to try and do uh, during this season two, because we had season one last year. Um, I'm going to try to organize some panel discussions on some particular topics or different topics. And through these uh, panel discussions, it will be a group of two to three people. And uh, I, I think most of the guests that I have on uh, I've uh, invited before I've asked them if they have any interest in the uh, preference to the topics that they would like to uh, to be part of for the panel discussion. So uh, I don't know whether you have anything that you would first, whether you would like to be part of the panel discussion and two, whether there are any particular topics that you'd be interested to take part in. Yes, first of all, I would. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think about the topics, I guess, arts in general. Okay. Um, and I think specific to what I like, what I love, history, archives, pre-making, mm. um, um, thinking about the future, thinking about the past. Okay. Uh, yeah, anything around those topics, I think I would be interested in. I think also, like I said earlier about like outside of my comfort zone, something that I didn't do a lot of, or I actually used to absolutely never do was speak. Yeah. <laughs> I never spoke. I think so last year was the first time I decided to speak about my work or yeah. have any platform. Okay. Um, like more, I, I think I did a while back, but for a while I wasn't, I didn't really. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it would be good to keep having conversations and, and I'm finding that I'm learning a lot more that I'm now more open to this. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. All right. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for making the time, for being flexible in organizing our conversations. I've really enjoyed uh, the conversations that we have had and uh, I've learned, I've learned quite a lot. Uh, 
from you as a as a person, as a young person, as a young African. Um, but uh, quite an interesting story that you you have, which uh, I'm sure I believe that uh, my audience will also enjoy uh, to listen to, and they will be inspired by it. Uh, so thank you again for for being for you are accepting the invitation to be part of the of the podcast thank you thank you for making the time and for the platform and everything i think it's really really important work yeah. that you're building uh, i'm excited to oh. see this go okay <laughs> thank you have a good one enjoy the rest of it and um, until next time all right okay okay bye-bye take care